the hour is late and the waters are murky. And guys, the drama is real. But guess what? G.I. Joeberg 85 is here and we got an operative just for that. I'm here with oh a whole group of people, most of them on a different continent. Please introduce thyself. <laughs> Sickly Steve. I'm suffering from a head cold. Achoo. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in in a night landing craft, Paul, with my, my sidekick, Lily. Nice. Tired Rob, I- I- interrupting like, like a tired person. <laughs> Rob slept on a couch last night. Do you want to know what happened to Rob? Well, you're going to have to message Rob and get that story yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and as Cujo pointed out, it's episode 85, which ties in nicely with uh, the theme for this episode. Indeed, and thank you for the introduction. We got new stuff to attend to, do we not? But of course, I received some very cool stuff. Too numerous to actually individuate on this episode because, I don't know, man. I, I, I filmed a YouTube video, and if you really want to see what it what uh, what I received in the mail, uh, I think you might get a kick out of seeing the unboxing vid. I got it from Dan... I, I, I got <laughs> I got a care package from Dan Shemansky of Quality Joes. You can find them on eBay, and it is a magnificent box of cool toys. Uh, the highlights, for me personally, definitely the Silver Mirage motorcycle, which was a surprise inclusion. Yes, Folks still do that. <laughs> it is a spectacular vehicle. The level of detail and just like the parts, the parts, the parts. Uh, it's It just throws my mind into wonder. And I have devised a cunning fix for any Silver Mirage motorcycles that have uh, suspension issues. If the little suspension bar for the back wheel is broken... And it is a rather flimsy piece of plastic, so this is a common malady. I can show you how to remedy that with a simple paper clip. I think I might actually put a fix, how to fix your Silver Mirage video on YouTube. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah, paper Do clip, it. and it's it's perfect suspension and will last forever. <laughs> It'll outlast the toy, basically. So look out for G.I. Joburg's Operation pa- Paperclip Volume 1, <laughs> coming to YouTube near you. I also got a whole lot of parts and pieces for Incomplete Joes, and to that end, Rob, I hope it uh, peps up your spirits a little bit to know that your Annihilator is now complete with his gun and his helipack, and your Dr. Yeah. your Dr. Mindbender has his cattle prod and generator, which are two items that, that he was lacking since I got him on, I think, on the sly, uh, loose in Ireland of all places, whatever, yard sales. So uh, piece by piece, our collection is completing itself, thanks to the contributions of a select few of wonderful, wonderful G.I. Joburg friends out there. You guys know who you are. We're all pen pals. You're great. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you double. Uh, So that's it for me for new stuff. I could go into it, and I probably will over coming weeks get into the the nitty-gritty of all these cool pieces and how cool they are. But we want to speed to our main topic, which is a definitive I got sculpt a new piece. I got a new piece. of the eel, but we're going to do Paul's new stuff first. And it'll be super quick. I was crazy lucky um, to find a Tiger Force, a Euro Tiger Force Psycart. Okay, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to be that lucky on eBay. You type in Tiger Force Psycart and, you know, you get search results. But none of them... Are 250 rand. No. They are mostly anything from $35 upwards. And this baby is complete. So this is my first Euro exclusive Tiger Force figure. And I'm fucking loving it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just got to say that some guy out there, I don't know if he was just cleaning out his drug addict friend's attic or something and decided to put this toy up. But I'm glad I got it. And everything is minty fresh. I mean, this is a new toy. Okay, everything's intact. There, there's no paint scrape on this on this piece. It's it's fantastic. And I love Psychart. Uh, it's a character I've recently come to really uh, to enjoy. And yeah, and he's Tiger Force Deco makes him look awesome. And I couldn't have done it without the help of my good friend Steve, who managed to foot the bull for me because I was waiting to get paid. 
And I think I would have totally missed out on this had he not come to my rescue. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> the choice <laughs> of being a freelancer. We'll get paid. Eventually. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, that's me for new Joe stuff, eh? That matters. <laughs> let me uh, let me step into that for a second. You're talking psych out. I have to bring up a project that Joburg Ally Strident and I are working on, which is going to be a review or just kind of a, a chat about Infestation, the IDW series, two-part. Um, if you need a push, uh, Psych Out and Baroness, uh, Locked in Mental Combat uh, at the Bottom of the Sea. Um, I think that's all you need, right? Of course, there's eels around. So wanted to mention that. If you're floating around the comic book store, ask about it. Uh, run down a copy. We'll be talking it soon. Nice. Thanks, Cooge. So should we dive in, boys, into those deep, dark, murky waters? Let's do it. Opening salvo from yours truly, I've just got to say, and set the bar perhaps by saying this, that on careful consideration, I am prepared to say, categorically, for me, the 1985 eel is the finest G.I. Joe action figure ever produced. Ooh, them big words. Wow. Dispute me if you dare. I'm not talking about if it is, is it the definitive version of an eel. I'm saying it is the best G.I. Joe figure ever produced in the line. It's got such Ooh. a boring sculpt, though. That's fine. Oh Therein lies the beauty. It has a fantastically crisp silver cobra sigil on the chest, which happens to be a beautiful maroon. Like, that is a classic cobra chest piece. Uh, the color palette, the grays, the blacks, it's just a great figure. The anatomy of it. The head is not oversized, given the fact that it's wearing a armored helmet. The feet are Herculean. I don't know, this guy, he, he's, he's just got like a godlike stature in my eyes. He's an incredible... He's a cobra with a cobra. Incredible figure. Wonderfully equipped. I mean, the only way you could improve an eel is to do, as they did, different specialities. So the Snow Serpent and Ice Viper are also Cobra eels. I wish there was a Desert eel, but we got the Desert Scorpion. I don't know. Like, Eel is essentially Cobra's answer to the seals, the Navy seals, which operates in all theaters, be it sea, air, land. Okay, the eel in its classic flavor looks like a frogman. But he's not limited to that. And we'll get into a discussion of uh, Eel's notable appearances. But strictly speaking about the sculpt, 1985 version 1 Eel is the most handsome, most beautiful, most tasteful, most well-sculpted, most anatomically correct, (laughs) most visually interesting and engrossing action figure the classic G.I. Joe line ever produced. And that you can take all the way to the bank, my friends. I knew you were going to say that. Is that the, is that the Bank of Africa or America? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Singapore. I have heard these words come out of Stephen's mouth before regarding the eel. Really? We were talking about the eel a while ago. I mean, I'm talking like years ago when you actually bought, I think you had two of them or something. or No, you brought one to the house and you had said then that it was you know, that you felt that it was quite a phenomenal sculpt or quite a phenomenal figure. To which your response, Paul, if I can recall, you always sort of lobbied in favor of the the modern era figures and said that you loved the modern era figures' expression and the amount of emotion that you get from the eyes. The intensity, yeah. The intensity, sorry, those were your words. Um, Well, that was your word. But (laughs) I dispute that. I think that the modern era eel head sculpt has taken away something and given him uh-huh. a far more passive expression. Whereas the 85 eel, I look in those eyes and I see he's determined, he's focused, and the tilt, the sort of the sweep of his eyebrows make him seem slightly nefarious. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely a almost wicked intent, violent intent that he's got going on there. Like... He is a professional killer, essentially. And he's Mm. able to use a vast array of means, including underwater, to achieve his goal. Yeah, I I don't know. I look into this figure's eyes and I think, like, you 
can't beat the old school. It's just impossible. I, I invite anyone to try. But yes, no school like the old school. <laughs> you get a lot of cobra. You get a lot of cobra troopers. You can see their eyes, right? The classic flavor yeah. of cobra trooper, but always passive. They almost look like zombies. The eel does mm. not look like a zombie. The eel looks like a focused, thinking individual. They're all individuals. They are every bit the equal of their Joe counterparts, like torpedo, like wetsuit. These guys are the elite. Watch your back. What say you, Rob? Well, they don't have abs like the second version does. <laughs> <laughs> or biceps. I mean, 90s, 90s toys had <laughs> superhuman physiques. All legs. All legs and no abs. And also, I mean, this guy, the second version, can have any expression you want him to have because you can't see his eyes. They're behind this very cool kind of red visor that kind of reminds me of Cyclops, I suppose, to a certain degree. And the color scheme is very interesting, the kind of the clash of the, the yellow and the blue and all the fins he has on that kind of helps him to kind of, you know, streamline through the water even better. And also what helps him out a lot, that uh, mechanical shark. Rubber shark. <laughs> that is probably one of the yeah. best accessories you can give. You That's know, right. Um, I mean, he, he, you know, it's not even a normal shark. He was like, I'll make my own animal companion. Um, <laughs> and and that, that's, that's pretty over the top. And they even improve, I think, on his equipment. Like, his spear gun just looks more meaty and more, like, violent, which uh, I, I quite appreciate. But, but you're probably right. I mean, the original is very... It's a lot more real world, I think, than the than the second one. But the, the second one is more expressive and it feels more evil. Sci-fi? I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I'm saying yeah. the, the silhouette is is a lot sort of more creature of the ocean kind of vibe. Yeah, it, like it, it's, it's kind of it's sort of a, bit it's sort of a mix of eels. Yeah, it's it's kind of the byproduct of an eel and a hydro viper kind of, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, maybe not so much aesthetically, but conceptually. And, and he even I, has a little, you know, Cobra symbol on his on his giant bicep as well. <laughs> and this beautiful maroon oh, yeah, color that is really nice. And and special missions, I I, uh, I recall you having a special weapon, but we but we managed to talk over you. Are you talking to me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just chewing on what Rob's saying about V2. Um... You know, you guys tossing around concepts and all that. First of all, honestly, when I'm thinking about the eel, uh, I'm with Steven. It's the eyes, and furthermore, he probably has the best sculpted eyebrows in the line. Beyond that, beyond that, it's interesting. His, his, uh, in, in the card art, he's got a flat top on his jetpack, and that kind of tipped me off to the fact that when this guy was designed, Hama was probably thinking about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, and if you're taking design cues from Walt Disney, you're, you're doing right, the right thing. So it, it's, it's also noteworthy that, that Eels is looking over his shoulder. And we see that from time to time in card art. But there's different things that can contribute to that over the shoulder. Um, one being, like on Firefly, he's reacting to what he just did. With eels, he's got an antenna on his helmet. He's hearing something you're not, and he doesn't like it. So he's got his back turned to you. So it, it's a def, it's a definite confrontational move. So that right there, I agree with everything Steven said. Best sculpt on a figure. I mean, his chest looks like a red Corvette under the right lighting. I mean, I, I'm just being honest. I do agree with the, the abs. I mean, eels got the best sculpted calves on v1 and abs on v2 so the colors are a little bit too bright for me eels was my go-to uh before i uh before steel brigade i had my eels with 245s uh merc has suggested that when he has his eels out they got ak's like they did on special missions um you can't discount the fact that uh the guy's got a shark and a jetpack and a trident gun it's hard to beat. It's almost OP, guys. I mean, come on. It's almost like he's compensating for something. Easy now. Easy now. <laughs> <laughs> Lily does not mess around. <laughs> he does not mess around. 
do. He's got... hearing talk of slippery eels and cobras and cobras, and you know, she's ready. And I'm holding my breath, trying not to, you know. <laughs> in the gym. Nice. So, so, so you're saying that less is more, in other words. You're saying you don't need a giant uh, robotic shark that has a, a gigantic um, neon um, phallus coming out of its mouth. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you have the toy in hand, you'd, you'd get the joke. In America, that's par for the course. Too much. Well, I am actually busy looking at pictures of it right now, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, that- My issue with the eel version, too, and like this is perhaps getting overly technical... How does Skinny he jeans. breathe? How does he breathe? Okay, he he doesn't have a nose. He's got a sort of a flat face. He doesn't have any kind of rebreather equipment, any hoses of any kind. And he That's doesn't what have the a, shark is for. He doesn't have a backpack. Well, okay, the shark is. He's got a still suit. Shark attaches to him. He's oh. got a he, yeah. The, the the shark is a as a backup air supply, but he's got like the diving equivalent of a still suit from Dune. So. All of these movements, you know, I don't know, somehow pull oxygen <laughs> out of the water. I, uh, nice. I, I'm just Thanks gonna, I'm just gonna say that. Paul. Thanks, man. I mean, I <laughs> please don't misunderstand me here, folks. I don't love eels number two. I like the shark. That's what got me to buy this toy. Okay, I pretty much ripped this figure out of the packaging and played with the Robo Shark. I'm that late. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's cool. Eels number two is not a miss. I mean, like. They're they're like a contradiction design wise, but dude, eels number two is a wet and wild, and he's got those fins that cut through shit. I mean, like yeah. he's he's still relevant. He's like the Wolverine of Cobra. <laughs> I think I think yeah. Rob, you and I kind of elevated him to being some kind of flying uh, uh, sort of human comet almost. Like he would just slice through opponents, like kind of dive into them and just like tear them apart this is how we played with eels version 2 as children i think if i'm not mistaken probably he looks like a um, muscle dude like those those little wrestling dudes oh <laughs> uh, like uh, um nice. or super kiniko man if you guys are not familiar with the muscle brand you should repaint him flesh from head to toe yeah he would totally be like and you could <laughs> kind of fix him in one dynamic pose and he'd totally be a muscle figure <laughs> Nice. For my definitive eels, I love the 25th anniversary eels. Surprise, not, surprise. Not the, surprise, surprise. But not the re-release. Not the 50th anniversary uh, version, but the actual 25th anniversary eels that was released. Um, the single-carded. Wow. As Steve sort of uh, mentioned uh, before, I do love the expression on his face. But here's the trick, right? It doesn't work without the mask. You have to have the mask on. And I find that if you get the mask, you give it a little bit of a tilt. There is this sort of ominous kind of look in his eyes, like like he's about to go and do some shit. And if you guys need a visual reference, uh, I took a, a really decent shot with a macro lens long ago when I got this toy. And it's uh, actually the avatar on our Facebook page. And uh, there's much intensity in that face. I, I see where Steve's comes from. It, it does sort of miss something, and that's why I specifically said that you have to give it a bit of a tilt. Now, I don't feel that this figure in any way is a major improvement over the vintage. In fact, it actually takes away some of the charm of the of the vintage figure, but I encountered this one first, and for me it was... I mean, this was my... I, I didn't even think that much of him when I got him. I I, I got him from the uh, assault on... Uh, Defense of Cobra Island 7-pack, uh, I believe is where he's from. And I didn't think much of him. No, he was single-carded, He was single carded, man. Yeah, he was single-carded. Sorry, yeah, but I did get it with that batch of figures when I, when I got that um, that box set. He is gorgeous. Like, I didn't think I'd, I'd dig a diver this much, but... What happened is I had got a Snow Serpent before this. And when you read the Snow Serpent's card, you read about that sort of evolution in their ranks, how, you know, they become Snow Serpents or eels, you know, eels become Snow Serpents. And and then I got into this and then I got the Lamprey. Well, then I was, you know, my, my attention was then drawn to the Lamprey as well as the eels because I was like, okay, there's some kind of sort of hierarchy within the ranking system of Cobra, which really excited me, even if I was just making it up. And this figure ended up being one of those toys that just, it just spoke to me on so many levels. And and, uh, and on a militaristic level as well, it, it kind of seemed quite organized for Cobra. And I love that. And uh, 
I, I can't really say much uh, about the actual character or what the eels is that you know Steve and the other guys haven't said already. But I do think the modern era, specifically the 25th anniversary issue, is a fine toy. And, I mean, i got mine here on my desk, and he's crouching, and he's also ready for some action. And I think that the 25th did a good job here with some of the details, keeping things like the backpack and all that intact. The knife sheath on his side could be done a little bit better, but I, I dig it. I dig it. Fully yeah, dig it. Yeah, that, that, that was my big detractor. Like, I had to, had to justify for my mind why the modern era eel did not outstrip the classic and it's because of the clunky sheaths just it just messes up the lines man but you know you know who's a, a, a an underwater figure that is mostly I, I i can't believe that he's overlooked uh, maybe it's just our sort of world view on gi joe but undertow damn right dude <laughs> there we go and cool. i got to say wow there needs to be a modern undertow or a good one, not like a Frank and Joe version, well, because I'd be on that like hot butter. Before we lose sight of the goal, and undertow is hot. I like that character too. But red and green, you're going to miss points because of that, dude. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, but, 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 okay, and let's just Dude, unless you're saying Nick, you can't roll with red and green. No, no, that's true. <laughs> but in hand, it's burgundy, okay? Because a lot of photographs of him make the red brighter than he should be, but he's actually quite burgundy in hand. Mm. Or you well, could just uh, pretend he's the Christmas edition. <laughs> that, that guy's going to get lit up if that's the case. <laughs> now um, I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Paul, we got to sort this out because somebody's wondering. The first eel has athletic legs. Nobody can dispute that. You're okay with skinny jeans, eel? That works yeah, for you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a skinny jeans eel. All right. <laughs> He's trendy, yo. I mean, you know, the, those skinny jeans, people think that they're super skinny, but, you know, they cut them right just in case you do have, you know, a special weapon to carry in your skinny pants. Um, <clears throat> talking about time. Family, it's a family <laughs> edition. <laughs> I, I believe I was catching... Uh, F, what is it, FXB257, that YouTube reviewer? Form BX257, Kevin from Canada. Thank you, South Africa. <laughs> and he was doing an eels review, and he said that one of his eels had a broken antenna. And that that, that kind of uh, made me think of a Joburg uh, sub-definitive. Do you guys have a favorite figure antenna? Uh, any line works. Since the eels one is not very notable, but somebody noticed. I think the eels antenna is fairly notable. I'm always like scared shit, mine's going to break. <laughs> but I don't have to worry about that with the gummy plastic of the modern era. But anyway, carrying on. Anybody got a favorite antenna? Because I do. <laughs> I, I don't think I actually came up with a favorite. I, I don't think I have any like proper notable antennas on figures. Um, <laughs> it's not really something that I, I kind of pay attention to, you know, a man's antenna. Um Bender? Oh, Bender. There's a good one. Okay. Do a little knob yeah, on the so end. My, yeah, so my favorite is um is actually Bender from Futurama. I'm nice pretty one. sure they've made a figure of that. Yeah, he's awesome. I should watch more Futurama, actually. Now I've got the theme song in my head. My favorite antenna, I think, was a repurposed uh, sort of headset from a Arctic Batman figure from the Batman animated series from the early 90s, which... Uh, that absolute love affair with Cable at the time. I repurposed that antenna by giving it to Cable because sometimes in Liefeld's run on X-Force, Cable had like some funky headgear with like antennas coming off of it. So Courtesy I think, of Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, well, courtesy of Liefeld's School of Art. Uh, I think at a stretch that might be a favorite pick, but gee whiz, talk about... Uh, random side quests this is i know it's interesting i know i'm reaching antennas you know like when i first found out that thunder had a three-piece helmet i thought that was damn cool almost recent enough to get a thunder action figure except rob beat me to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't happen often but it happens oh boy does it happen and when it happens you lose out it on happens. a thunder <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. But it's it's high time we reunite that thunder with a uh, a 
jeez, what's the name of the toy now? It's so obscure that it's even gone from my mind. Uh, a slugger. Self-propelled artillery. Oh, guys, fun fact about mores. Do you know that they are typically marine, so they typically are in saltwater environments, but can be found in freshwater environments as well? Also adding to the kind of wordplay of eel, seal, the eels operate anywhere. A moray is pretty pretty snake-like in its physiology, uh, or it's an anatomy, it's sort of long, muscular uh, structure. And, fun fact number three... You said muscular structure. Carry on. <laughs> You're so funny. Uh, well, it's not really a fun fact either, but, I mean, it, it is clearly... It's evident to me that, uh, in terms of color choice, the eel is meant to marry very nicely to the moray hydrofoil. So, in name and in color scheme and in specialty, they are clearly a smart bomb which is why when i saw a lot of eels going for sixty dollars six eels sixty bucks ten dollars a pop i jumped on it so hard because for my 21st for my 21st birthday rob bought me a original 1985 moray it was the first large vehicle order i think i'd ever received from an online uh, resource Thank you, Rob. I mean, that was a fucking legendary buy. I'm still on a high about it. Anyway, the six eels from this auction are adorning this this boat. And once you have six eels on it and a lamprey up front uh, at the uh, helming it, the helm, uh, yeah. you you don't want to actually put any other figure on it. Any other figure is a detractor. These guys are meant to operate like that. It is their ride. Uh, no one else is really welcome. Maybe you could have I Baroness, could sort of a, a masthead figure, but uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you could lash her to the prow. <laughs> nice. Speaking of the hydrofoil, um, probably my most notable appearance of the eels in, uh, in G.I. Joe Media is issue 47, titled Sea Duel, obviously um, published by Marvel Comics and penciled by Rod Wiggum. Rod Wiggum. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite a crazy issue. Um, you have Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes running around Cobra Island, um, pointing their toes. To get... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, Rob Rod Rod Wiggum has the most amusing way of uh, depicting characters running. They are always pointing their toes to like a balletic degree, but uh, like that's the only, that. Well, oh. uh, no, they are pointing their toes in a fine fine point. Uh, I should know. <laughs> but that is the only criticism I have for Rod Wiggum. His artwork is beautiful, and he did set set a lot of G.I. Joe vehicle designs in stone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, this issue itself features a ton of vehicles. I think, obviously, at the time, the Hydro Sled and the Devilfish had just come out. So this served as the um, the comic ad for, the, for these new vehicles. But in the end, Snake Eyes and Stormshare end up on a hydrofoil, a moray. And they end up fighting a couple of eels in the water. And a couple of sharks decide to join in. Not, <laughs> not G.I. Joe sharks, but real sharks. And um, <laughs> Storm Shadow has to take on eels and sharks. And uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read this issue. The issue ends with Baroness <laughs> killing Storm Shadow. You oh. betrayed us, or something. Um is there a frame dead. where Storm Shadow, or is it Snake Eyes? One of the two is literally riding a shark. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> about to stab the shit out of Jaws there. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's so over the top, but it's 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 so good. Um, but it's such an I mean, iconic okay, panel that, you know? Yeah, Sorry. definitely. Um, but okay, the eels aren't shown off to be super amazing in it, but it's... It's quite a classic issue, I thought. To their credit, though, they're squaring off against Storm Shadow. Like, they are jumping literally the most dangerous character in the G.I. Joe mythology. Like, that takes balls. Uh, if I was uh, an agent of Cobra and I knew what Storm Shadow was capable of, I think I would have quietly bailed off the, the moray. Mm. Yeah, you have yeah, better chance to finish the sharks, actually. Yep, yep, yep. Does anyone else have a notable appearance of the, of the eels? Well, I got a notable antenna to mention. 
Ah. Oh dear, we missed you, didn't we? We we did. I was I was saving it for for last. I gotta say, if there's one antenna on a GI Joe figure that has really impressed me, once again, guys, it's Psychouts. Firstly, oh wow. Well, I know, right? But I mean, I didn't even know he had this damn thing. And when I pulled pull it out of the packaging, I was like, oh my god, he's got like a little antenna stuck to his headgear. And it's so cool, and it's, it's really dainty, but it hasn't broken off, and it's it looks really cool. Like, I dig it, and it, it's kind of functional. It, it makes me wonder what it actually is used for. I don't know if he mentally controls anything or whatever. But anyway, that's my favorite antenna, if anybody cares. <laughs> kind of Lobot so, vibes. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Lobot. Yeah. Cloud City. <laughs> oh, Bike and Mice from Mars. Bike and Mice oh, from Mars yeah. had cool antennas because they were retractable. So you push them in and then you'd flick their ears and the, they'd kind of spring out. Or at least on That's my moto. Right. On my moto figure yeah. they did. Fucking love those. And they're part of their anatomy. Nobody mentioned the probe droid. Yeah, and it totally worked out because when you put their helmets on, at least you didn't crush their little Martian antennas, you know? But yes, the probe droid has a cool antenna too. And on that topic, have you guys seen a short animated film on YouTube called TIE Fighter? Oh, anime style one. MG. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. it's on like 7.7 million views because it is amazing. It's fan-made animation, but it is so good. Listeners, do yourselves a favor. If you have any delight in Star Wars, classic Star Wars vehicles in combat, check out TIE Fighter on YouTube. It's got an anime style, animation style. <laughs> so... Very Japanimation, but beautiful. It's only seven minutes long, but it is... Or is it four minutes long? It's short, okay? It's short, it's action-packed, it's amazing. Just, do, yeah, yeah. It's probably the best thing I've seen all year. Nice, Steven. Did you have a situation for eels, Paul? Not really, because my thing with the eels is, like, I would love to have more than just the two that I have. I, I think that's the sort of crisis point I have at the moment with eels, is that I, I, ha- I wish I had more. Uh, because I would love to do these kind of uh, these missions where they take out, you know, tactical battle platforms and, and that kind of situation. But uh, in terms of a personal experience with the eel, eels and, and like something that sort of is quite memorable for me is actually getting this toy and, and being surprised by something that was just, in my mind, originally just a cobra diver, basically. That couldn't have been further from the truth. I mean, I got a veritable little badass in that packaging. I got somebody that in his own right, should maybe even be a named character. And the, the the eels and myself went on many a mission, you know, on my bedside table. You know, we were hunting down Joes and, you know, they were, go, you know, they were working as a team. They weren't like trying to screw each other over. They were like, like a Cobra squad that was actually looking out for each other's backs because their training had sort of made them that way, you know, sort of a little bit different from how I visualize guys like Ali Vipers, who I feel are quite backstabby. So that's kind of what it was for me. It was like this character was actually kind of an awakening uh, for what Cobra could be. And, and I suppose that is, is kind of more a definitive moment for me than anything in the comics, really. Take it as you want. Hmm. But that's me. There's a few eel situations where they stand out. I think there's some cartoon appearances and whatnot. The one that, that I have is, is more hype than it is content. Action Force number one. This comic shouldn't have found my hands, but it did. You know, I, I think it was in uh, just the G.I. Joe uh, long boxes at some comic store. But it's got it's got an eels on the, the cover uh, around the corner from Snake Eyes and Scarlet. You can probably see it. It says killer on the loose. I mean, you don't get more dangerous than that. You got eels with a knife. Uh, so that's can probably my you? most memorable. What's that? He's going to cut you. Yeah, he's going to cut you good. That's probably my most memorable eels, uh, even though the, the comic isn't really that. It doesn't hit. But, yeah, that, that's eels for me. I think that one that Rob mentioned is probably the one that a lot of people will see. And that, those eels showed out. I mean, they, that one frame where they're in a double headlock, that's pretty cool. I can still see that. It's a good pick. I'm going to go with eel appearances where they are not acting as um, divers, essentially, but more performing duties outside of the water the first one it's just occurred to me now uh because we were talking about rod wiggum and i remember this was one of his uh issues as well i think it was issue 50 either 49 or 50 
where eels are responsible for blowing up the underground passages linking parts of Springfield to the sports stadium where the helicopters were taking off from. Oh, it linked the airport to the stadium. So Cobra was organizing their evacuation of Springfield. And in order to do this, they had to move all the aircraft from the airfield underground to the stadium where they were going to take off across town while the Joes were all diverted to the airport to try and lock that down. Anyway, long convoluted story to basically explain that it was the eels that were charged with this demolitions job. So there they're showcased doing a completely landlocked mission, just covering Cobra's tracks, acting as the sapper team, doing the dangerous work of the evacuation. Because at any time, Joe could just come charging down this this underground uh, passageway and gun them down. But these guys were the last Cobras out, ensuring everyone else's survival, which is a compassionate move that you don't see Cobra do much of. But they do take care of their own. On, on the sort of the ground level, I'm not talking about the hierarchy where all the backstabbing happens, you know, the, in the upper echelons. But like, honest to goodness, Cobra soldiers are looking out for their people, the citizens of Springfield. So, I mean, that's a huge character moment, almost, if you can kind of spin the, the, the plot line a little bit further out from this task that they were charged with doing. Um, anyway, enough about that. that. That's just how my mind operates when I think, wow, that was an eel mission. They could have used Cobra Troopers, or they could have used Firefly, or they could have used Scrap Iron, but no, it was the eels who had this important responsibility. The most uh, notable mention for me, however, is the first time I ever encountered the 1985 eel. Yeah, I was a little bit late of the starting blocks. But it was in issue one of G.I. Joe Special Missions, where this super cool-looking Cobra Trooper, who I'd never seen before, okay, there were a bunch of them, operating off the Moray Hydrofoil, which was the first time I'd seen that piece of equipment as well. Yeah. Exactly. Third world, guys. <laughs> um, these guys were basically responsible for scuttling a Russian frigate, a Russian naval vessel, which was at the time occupied by the October Guard. So Russia's elite fighting team, effectively the Soviet Union's answer to G.I. Joe, were being suppressed by a pair of eels who basically were conducting demolitions missions on this boat, blowing up the, 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 the cannons so that uh, the, the Russian boat couldn't shell the Cobra sub that was on its way uh, over into the, the sort of the, the incursion. And no one puts it better than Baroness, who, let me find the panel exactly, she exclaims, after the eels have blown up the, the main gun on the, the Soviet vessel, she says, ha, two cobra eels are worth a company of Soviet marines. Which, that's right. absolutely bang on, man. These guys are such pros. They sneak onto the vessel, they lay charges, they unveil their, their weapons from their sort of watertight cases, and start running and gunning, man, conducting very close quarters combat on board this vessel. Until they are gunned down shot-in-the-back style, totally cowardly move from the October Guard sniper who uh, gets around behind them and manages to shoot the one guy in the leg and the other guy in the back. Oh, man, it's tragic. All is fair. But, but they totally... They were they were winning, man. The eels were all over that shit. So that that is my most notable uh, <laughs> appearance for the eels. You can't beat first impressions, man. It was love. I had to have the figure after that point. <laughs> that and the moray. Too bad it took like it's another decade. It took another decade, a decade and some change to actually get around to it. Guys, we talked about eels. We did. Do we have energy to encounter any uh, mail from around the world? Well, uh, we asked you, our listeners, who they would pick to to have their back. In a jungle mission, somebody who actually reached out to us through the Twitter sphere, uh, of which uh, Kujo is our trusty guardian of, 
And uh, this message was forwarded to me. Joel Thompson had heard that my Destro had come with two left arms and uh, had actually contacted me directly to help me solve that situation as as he's somebody who enjoys customizing. So he had actually had a few of them lying around and has sent one my way. Uh, that's the replacement Destro body so that I can have a Destro that can you know play the piano again properly. Thank you, Joel. I'm looking forward to that parcel in the mail. But he also had a suggestion for a topic, but he had suggested that, or had asked us, or posed the question, have, if we had to find ourselves in jungle terrain, and that's you, the listeners, and us, G.I. Joburg, had to actually find ourselves in an actual jungle and had to play out a, a really awesome jungle scenario with some Joes and Cobras, who would your five picks be for Joes and who would your five picks be for Cobras? And you can choose a vehicle for either side if you want to. And uh, so that that was pretty much what we put out there. So, Joel, we have actually wanted to get to this. We wanted to get to this last episode, but it was so chock full of Japanimation and Ghost in the Shell talk. And so we didn't have any space to really give this topic any any justice. So we, we, we brought it to episode 85, which is a pretty good idea because it's five for five, huh? five for fighting. I'm more than a toy. I'm more than a kid in the jungle. Anyway. Uh, And and as luck would have it, there are five of us uh, represented here tonight, thanks to the inclusion of our lovely lady friend, Lily. Well, you're very welcome for my presence that I had no say in. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you a choice. You gave me food. (laughs) So, Lily, who would you have slithering through the jungle looking for trouble? <laughs> Shame you put her on the spot. I was gonna give her a nice selection of toys and and see what she would. I I have a confession to make. I am severely deprived of GI knowledge. And well, but... you're very brave for stepping up to the mic anyway. Let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I, otherwise I could you know give this whole like long bullshit story about my favorite you know, Joe and why I think he would be absolutely perfect and, you know, his tactical skills and, you know, the weaponry involved. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about yet because... <laughs> Fellas, I don't know about you, but I'm fucking riveted. <laughs> <laughs> you could just keep going, my dear. You really could. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give her a pretty good choice now, actually. Um, <laughs> well, well, I'm not going to give her a Hold on, hold on. Choice. Didn't Joel... Uh, select a team? Shouldn't you lead with his team? I or, should or actually we, lead with his team. Or will we I end should. with his team? Okay, let's let's lead with his so we can comment on his picks. Cool. Okay, uh, so right. I'm sorry just about opening that. I'm sorry. mail on my phone now because it's just a lot quicker than my Gmail for some reason, which is in limbo. This thing's trying to ride an escalator with ice skates on. Uh, so which is actually a lot easier than you think. Well, you got to show me. <laughs> well, while you suffer from technical issues, can I just uh, give some of the uh, the listeners' choices at this point? Yeah, man. Hooded Cobra Commander 788 says that Ricondo is his first choice. Very good choice. Especially since he dealt so almost underratedly with the two Soviet snipers back in the Sierra Gordo jungle. I don't know if you recall that, but that was pretty... Pretty much Ricondo's debut. I mean, he had he had popped up in an early issue, but that was the mission where we really saw him shine. So he drops back to shake G.I. Joe's tail, which are these two enemy snipers. He comes back just with their rifles. Like, no words are said. It's just like, yeah, they're dead. We're, we're in the clear. And he throws the rifles into the river. Uh, then uh, we've got Charles Cachon. I might be murdering your surname there, sir, but Charlie on the on the group, uh, he gave me a picture of rock and roll with his twin dual Gatling guns. Uh, and I remarked, yeah, there's definitely a Jesse Ventura vibe there. I mean, you just, you're just going to take old Painless and uh, lay waste to the jungle. That's your way of dealing with jungle combats. But it's it's it seems to be a proven strategy. Then Terry Turner says, Terry Turner says, low lights, your man. Uh, definitely. After dark, there's no one you want to have on your team other than Lowlight. He will uh, make sure you see the dawn. Uh, Ruloff Duplessis says Spirit should be on the team, and I reckon that's because of his tracking skills and animal companionship. Because hey, you you get two with with Spirit. You've got you know 
the tracker dude and his trusty eagle for a little eye in the sky action. Let me comment um, on that. Let me comment <laughs> on that. Sure, go for it, brother. I, I was thinking about Spirit too. Who was that? Who, who was that dude? Uh, he's a local boy, South African guy called Rulof Duplessis. Oh, okay. I, I was, I was, uh, I was considering Spirit too, but you got a bald eagle in the jungle. <laughs> I, I think I think shipwreck is maybe a better fit, not a great fit, but a better. Well, fit. there was a follow-up to that, and that was not uh, just any shipwreck. A, f- a fella called Giannis, uh, who said that uh, Norgahide would be a pretty cool pick. All right, all right. Because his animal animal companion is a boar, that works. which is a pretty brutal creature if you can manage to tame it and make it uh, sick on command. Trent Avery taps Ricondo and Spirits, but he would have to uh, favor Beachhead. Beach Beachhead's gonna be sweaty, dude, in that in that mask. I don't like that. Big time, big time. Well, at least you know he's not gonna smell like cologne. Uh, <laughs> Jim Godfrey, of course, mentioned that you get a lot of cool units creeping through jungles in the issues of special missions, but he uh, gives Rob a warning that if if you tap scoop again, Rob, he's going to hit unsubscribe. So you got that <laughs> hanging over your head. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. <laughs> and I think Chuck Wolf uh, on the other G.I. Jobo group, it's getting stressful keeping track of all of this, uh, but he uh, said that Ricondo is his man. Hands down. I'm going to say Outback. Outback's my guy because he's the Bear Grylls of G.I. Joe. In a hostile environment, it's not just the enemy that are out to get you. Yeah, sure, you're going to have the enemy on your back like maybe 5% of the time. But like, you need to worry about shelter. You need to worry about food. You need to worry about staying warm at night, staying cool during the day, not dying of hypothermia, malaria, uh, leeches rare tropical diseases like there's a lot of stuff out there that can kill you other than bullets so i'm gonna go with outback because he's got the knowledge he's got the wherewithal to get you past the elements the elements are everyone's enemy including your enemy's enemy so if you can get in on the side of the elements you can use them against whoever's trying to track you down i'll I'll quickly weigh in with some twitter on the matter um i took ricondo out of the equation because that's a no-brainer for most (laughs) for sure but uh, Mark agrees with you, Outback. He said not in the 92 getup, though. He doesn't like that. Let's see. Uh, we also had somebody mention Stalker. I like Stalker in a trail position. Everybody knows you, could, you need a good trailer. And most a couple people chirped in with Muskrat, and I kind of agree. Uh, he's got no sleeves, and he's got a machete, so he's not going to overheat, and you need that guy on point. And if you got Ricondo in the mix, you could throw a couple other beasts in there, but everybody's got to have a mustache. So they can give uh, Muskrat shit. Uh, that would make for good, good dialogue. Leather, Leatherneck got tapped as well. He's got uh, a very fashionable moustache as well. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. I think a beard think, in the jungle might be too much. That's that's yeah, my I only thing about Leatherneck. I think Leatherneck is so badass that the jungle would get indigestion if he got in there and tried to shit him out because, <laughs> yeah, Leatherneck's just one of a kind in that regard. He's just, he's tough as nails. That's not something the jungle wants in it. Well, J.D. Onizi, or Onesie, as I like to call him, definitely, uh, he led with Stalker or Leatherneck. So it's either the, the Ranger or the Gyrene for him. Jared Spencer says Ricondo or Leatherneck. Mm-hmm. All those moustaches. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to, to to cap what the social media buzz was all about we'll uh, we'll end with Mike Tenebrae who says Serpento <laughs> <laughs> love you Mike <laughs> that's priceless <laughs> so if you guys are not participants on the Facebook or Twitter forums come on in the water is tepid and tropical <laughs> and for the man who a bought- light sprinkling of golden humor so, Rob, are you gonna send? Uh, are you gonna send our buddy Jim Godfrey running, screaming from his his portable device? <laughs> well, Scoop was originally on my team, but um, oh. <laughs> I, I, I can I can substitute him for someone else. Um, <clears throat> That's cool. Oh, your heart, brother. <laughs> so, so my team would probably be um, Tunnel Rat and yeah, obviously Ricondo, um, Muskrat. And Leatherhead, Leatherneck, whatever his name is, that one. Not the one from the um, turtles. Yeah, that one. 
and Gung Ho. So that that's my team of five. And I mean, the only thing they could possibly be driving is the Warthog uh, AI FE. So um, that that's my Joe team. And my my Cobra team would be Big Boa, and he's supported by two Range Vipers, a Night Viper, and a Frag Viper. And they would be driving Ferret ATVs. I was going to say, ferrets ferrets are the way to go. You've got to have a quad, if anything. I mean, it's probably too dense for even that. Okay, maybe that's how they get there. They take the warthog and they all jump out and they're like, cool, let's let's go traipsing in the jungle now. (laughs) I think in the spirit of the proceedings in the company, we can throw Tiger Force Agent Jinx on the team. Why not? Uh She's yeah, from, well, I think she's from L.A., which, as you know, and, and and you, Rob, you can appreciate this. It's like a jungle out there sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Sorry. I got in on that vibe. I love that groove. Nice. I'm going to weigh in, seeing as we're throwing in five picks. My number one choice... If I'm going to be in the big bad jungle, I want the jungle cat. It's a stalker. I need a stalker with me. Pursuit of Cobra Stalker with those badass dreads. Yes, please. He's got my back and he's he's going to look after everybody in my team. So that stalker, oh, easy choice. Outback is a no-brainer. Uh, we've got to have a guy who can um, you know, find some kind of sustenance in the jungle to keep the team alive. Keep us going, especially if it's a prolonged mission. Spirit. Uh, Spirit is an excellent tracker. That is his number one military specialty. And it's great to have Billy on the team. I don't want to be too obvious with this one. But, you know, Snake Eyes did do really well in the in the Big Bad Jungle as well. So, got to have Snake Eyes on my, my team of five, you know, veritable badasses. And Pursuit of Cobra Duke. Because you need somebody to keep that team organized, motivated, and well-led. And uh, I think he, Duke's our man to do it. Plus, you know, he, he can he can take vehicle duties when everybody else is doing the damage. And that vehicle, for me, would be the 4x4 vamp, which is the modern era vamp, but it can seat 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 figures and somebody manning the gun. So there's more than enough legroom for everybody, and it doesn't have any doors or windows. So being hot in some kind of closed-off situation is not going to be an issue. And for my five cobras, the five cobras I'd be terrified of if they were in the jungle, uh, the shadow tracker. The shadow tracker is not well utilized uh, or hasn't been utilized properly yet. Uh, I would be super scared. I mean, the, the shadow tracker is kind of the cobra equivalent of Outback, but he doesn't like you. <laughs> okay, he, he, he would turn the jungle up on you. He'd set up booby traps and all kinds of stuff. Really frightening concept to have him in there. Uh, if you threw in a jungle viper with their, I imagine that they have some kind of uh, cloaking that goes with their sort of sort of winged suits. So that's one idea. And then Lily wants to suggest they. Oh, the yeah. jungle night viper. Any with thoughts the on that, The night viper. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Fun fact. Um, in the well, you know, about 89 when he was released, uh, all the Cobra's colors were becoming more, you know, colorful and flamboyant and bright and everything. And his came out as more muted green because, you know, of obviously the nighttime situations that, you know, that he was put in. But, yeah. But wound up being a very sensible color choice uh, in the final analysis when all his buddies were going <laughs> Fanta flavor or... Uh... Fanta Peach flavor. And yeah, no, I, I I get you, Lily, definitely. Oh, and on the on that note, my Night Viper, my childhood Night Viper is finally reunited, courtesy of Dan Shemansky, with his rifle. And it is still as awkward as it ever was. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how are you supposed to hold that damn gun? It's impossible with a vintage figure. Anyways, it's wonderful to have it again. It's It's daintier than I remember it. It's really, really a finely molded piece. I love that gun. I hate that gun. I love that gun. It's great. (laughs) It's weird. It's awkward.
But I mean, you gotta have a night viper because the jungle vipers are gonna hold back in sniping positions, and the jungle. I mean, the night vipers can kind of be the hunters. I mean, when Joe thinks that you know Cobra's sleeping, they're not because the night oh, vipers yeah. are still stay down by day and move at night. Agreed. Exactly. Uh, we also had suggestions of like Pathfinder, like whack. That's just whack. Fuck that guy. He looks weird. <laughs> and he, he, he's like an environmentalist and he wants to run for mayor of, or, or um, governor of Florida. I mean, like, oh, jeez. That file card is a mess. Mess. Anyways. Yeah, thank God we don't have a Pathfinder on our team. To quickly cap off my, um, my or to cap off the Cobra Death Squad, a Range Viper. A Range Viper would uh, definitely, you know, put the cherry on the death cake that is the five cobra in the jungle mission plus it's a really fun toy it's he's got a you know he's got a blooper uh grenade launcher for those of you guys that don't know the, the slang thank you <laughs> um he's got himself an anti-tank weapon got an anti-tank weapon he's got himself a big badass machine gun he's got no, himself he doesn't one... he doesn't have a machine gun Paul. you keep making the modern mistake. era does the oh. modern era does. <laughs> the modern era does <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, carry, he carries plenty of ammunition for whoever he's he's supplying. So I, I guess range vipers kind of are go betweens between uh, saw vipers and and uh, other kind of viper classes. Like they carry everyone's gear. And aside from the shadow tracker, I mean, imagine that skull, that gurning skull face popping up right in front of you in the jungle. I mean, that's that's scary shit, dude. I mean, they yeah. love it's it's so freaky. They they cribbed it for Gears of War. So, oh yeah, yeah. Which is why well, I, I think th- if I was gonna pick a Cobra squad, it would just be range vipers in various sort of custom states. Like you got the heavy weapons range viper, you got the scout range viper. They all have those helmets. Some of them have cut off sleeves. Some of them are more heavily armored. Like you could make a nice range viper squad. So that would be my Cobra Cobra pick for jungle warfare. And they're completely self-sufficient, as the file card suggests. So they're all excellent survivalists in their own right. The environment is not going to kill them. It might kill more technical vipers like night vipers. Once their equipment starts failing, whoops. <laughs> of course, and that is why, and that is why I would personally opt not to take a, a vehicle into the jungle because these are very self-sufficient troops. Not even a buzz ball. Not even a buzz. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's no walls to go up and no roof to cling to. Guys, our time is up, and I think Rob's going to turn into a pumpkin, as am I. So, well, what uh, did um, what were Joel's choices to well, close Joel's out? Well, Joel's choices, and and you know, let's let's give him his credit because you know he he supplied us with this awesome topic. Uh, for his Joe's, he would go for Pursuit of Cobra Jungle Duke. Uh, damn good choice because I chose the same one. Pursuit of Cobra Stalker, also touche, good choice. And his own uh, outback that he's kit bashed uh, using a 50th anniversary shipwreck body. I believe it's the one from the two pack that comes with Cobra Commander, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a that's a cool toy actually. A 50th anniversary beachhead, which I can't fault because that is a damn good toy, except for the gold star on its shoulder. <laughs> and a, <laughs> and the 30th anniversary Steel Brigade Delta. That's the driver that comes with the darker green version of the 4x4 vamp quite a tricky figure to get in your hands but very cool looking joe kujo you should totally check him out because you're a steel brigader and all right i appreciate it oh and his vehicle would be the dark green uh, vamp of 4x4 so touche joel I'm, I'm glad to see that you're a kindred spirit a cobra he would go for the shadow tracker he would go with the jungle viper but in a surprising twist a 50th anniversary firefly because Firefly could be very deadly in the jungle, booby traps and all. Uh, 50th anniversary Viper, because Vipers are the shit. And he would have a Hiss Driver as his uh, fifth uh, accompanying member, because the vehicle he's going to rock in the jungle is a version 5 Hiss Tank, the brown variant. I can see that working in the jungle, actually. I'd see it working more as like a sort of forward operations base, or creating a line to cut off any Joe advancement, so... Dude, cool picks, man. And, and and thanks again for the contribution, not only to the show, but to my, my Destro's anatomy. I really appreciate it, bro. <laughs> Gentlemen, closing remarks. Let me be right quick about all this business. But I do want to dish out one animal companion to someone that will never hear this, but understands how to do social media. I, I got to put a quick spotlight on Shaima. 
I believe she's from Kuwait, and she tweeted out pictures of Larry Hama doing Hama things, and I liked it. So I'm gonna send her a six-toed cat because she's a big fan of Hemingway, and if she likes American Lit, then she probably is lit. Uh, cheers, and uh, enjoy. Ah, uh, cool. Kujo, yeah. you astound me, man. Like... I don't know. I don't know what happens. I just black out, brother. Sometimes I need to unpack all the layers of, of things that you're saying. Like these words. What? I, you're I, dropping Hemingway and cats. He handed and... out a doo-doo last time. This time someone's getting a, an imaginary cat. No, wasn't awesome. it a, a blue blue booby or something? Like huh? That's a legit pick, dude, because that's it's forgotten It's a real figures. thing. You know what? <laughs> Actually... I'm not. I'm not sending you up, dude. I'm not sending you up. You are literally like you transported this podcast to the next level. That's not. You know, that's not a accurate. Welcome inclusion, and I'm not clowning you. Brother, I love it. I love it. There's always a, a Joker in the deck. There's always a wild card when Cujo is involved, and I thank you for it, my brother. And I thank all of you, brothers and sister, members of GI Joburg, and the community out there who support us who love us, who contact us, who listen to us, who uh, have been amazing. Uh, this uh, this adventure just keeps getting better. Who send you. us Destro's right arm. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Thank you and goodbye from Sickly Steve. From Not-So-Sickly Paul and... Lily. West Coast Cujo. Tired Rob getting ready for bed. Nice. Love you, Rob. <laughs>